this morning to be able to be here and take part of this grand celebration. And I just want to know, is there anybody in here that's happy, that's excited about Jesus? Okay, I'm almost convinced. That was okay. But is there anybody that's really happy about Jesus? Okay, that was pretty good. And you know, this is a birthday celebration, which means it's a party, right? I said, this is a party, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. So as we celebrate this morning, how many of you know that God has done something spectacular in your life and you're so grateful for this gift of salvation and you just want to give him praise for all that he's done, all that he is, all that he continues to do? Give God a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah! Woo! Yes, God. When I was growing up, we used to say that there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy this morning. And so grateful, and uh, I want to keep uh, this moving right along, because there's more to come. We ain't done yet. Come on, look at somebody and say, we ain't done yet. It is so good to see uh, those of you, some of you I haven't seen in a while. It's good to see you this morning. The Lord bless you. And uh, we are certainly here to worship the Lord, to celebrate Jesus. That is always the goal. It is always the ultimate for us. But I am thankful to be here this morning and celebrate the birthday and the life of our pastor, Dr. Cheryl. God bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, that's right. We're celebrating today. I just want to say as I stand here that I'm so grateful to God for you and uh, to have you in my life. And y'all know I'm a cry baby. I'm not going to cry this morning if I can help it. Um, but wow, what an impact you have made in my life. I, I often and regularly say how wounded, damaged, tore up I was when I came here. Not ashamed to say it uh, because I stand here today and say, look at what the Lord has done. Yeah. And uh, I am so grateful how God uses and continues to use you uh, to bring uh, healing into my life. What an incredible gift you are uh, to the body of Christ, to this house, and to me personally. I am so thankful and grateful and indebted uh, God bless you. God bless you. And, um, you know, when you serve, especially for a number of years, and when you go through things in life and in ministry, uh, you're wondering, what in the, am I getting through? <laughs> Is this doing anything? You know, sometimes people get on your last nerve. Can we be real? Uh, sometimes you want to choke the life out of folk. Uh, amen. I'm just, you can just, glory to God. Thank God we don't do it. But, uh, you know, you understand. Uh, but, I'm just so blessed and impressed that you keep going. You keep going. My God. And I'm so glad that you did because uh, you were still here when I came. God bless you. God keep you. Now, this morning, 
We don't want to prolong the time, uh, but we're going to come to you, and we have four speakers this morning, including myself, and as a stand uh, before you to share the word of the Lord with you, uh, just a few minutes, uh, following me uh, will be none other uh, than Dr. Tom Ray, who is here, not just to sing and play the keyboard, but this man has a word for us this morning. And in this order, as it continues, uh, following him would be Dr. Darlene Starks. And then uh, to round things up uh, will be, in conclusion, Pastor Eric Marshall. Amen. And we're going to come and to share with you. Um, but I believe that this is very much a part of the celebration. Uh, come on, look at somebody and say, neighbor, are you ready? For a party! Now, y'all didn't think I was going to get up here and be quiet, did you? Hallelujah. All right, I want to speak to you again just a few minutes uh, from St. Matthew's Gospel in chapter 14. St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14. And while you're finding that, Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, uh, Lord, for how you have so graced our lives and for this celebration today. And as we celebrate you, uh, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength, my Redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22 reads this way. Immediately Jesus made his disciples. He made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Come on and say contrary winds. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if this is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, Truly, you are the son of God. And again, just for a few minutes, I want to speak from this particular thought. And we've heard this several times, especially this entire year from our Dr. Cheryl. But I want to reiterate the point. Amen. And uh, really give some hope and some inspiration to you sitting there today. Uh, look at somebody and help me to announce this and say, neighbor, don't be afraid. Hashem is in control. God is in 
control. Now, when you look at this text, you would wonder how is it and at what point is God in control here? Because to begin with, it was Jesus after he sent the multitudes away. He uh, commanded, he uh, uh, spoke sharply to the disciples to get into the boat and go on to the other side. Mind you, knowing that a storm was coming. And knowing that a storm was coming, he told them to get into the boat, get on the other side. Uh, while you're in the boat, uh, trouble is going to come. Listen, you might be in the boat where it is supposed, uh, it is proposed, uh, it is assumed is the safe place. But I'm telling you that even in the safe place, storms will come. Hallelujah. Even in the place where you are most familiar, trouble will find you. So he sent them away. And while they were in the boat, in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, the wind was contrary. The storm was raging. It was about the fourth night of the watch. And the disciples, glory to God, in the midst of their trouble, saw Jesus walking on the water. That's why we're saying to you this morning, don't you be afraid. Even though there may be a storm, even though it may be raging, even though you may have problems, Problems. Although there may be trouble, you might be in an unfamiliar situation, but don't you fret. God is walking on the water and God is in control. I know it's hard to believe. And I think where we struggle at the most is not just when there's trouble or a storm, it's when we're in the situation where we don't have control. Amen. We struggle most, glory to God, when we can't figure it out. When we can't put our hands on it, when we can't alter the situation, when we can't fix it to meet our needs, when we can't turn it to our liking, glory to God. But that's why God sent the disciples out and he allows trouble to come, not so that you can get beat up, not so that you can have trouble, not to make you distressed about what's going on, but to put you in a situation where you have no other choice but to trust God. I'm here to tell you that the way through the storm, the way out of the trouble, the way to be blessed is to simply but undeniably put your trust in the living God. Have I got any witnesses today? You gotta trust him when it's rough. You gotta trust him when the storm is raging. You gotta trust him in hard times. You gotta trust him when you don't know what to do. You gotta trust him, glory Glory to God. When everybody's telling you it's not going to work and it's not so, you got to trust him because people are not in control. People are not running things. People are not the sovereign Lord. But God is in control. Come on, can you help me lift your voice and shout with me? God is in control. Thank you. 
God bless you, everybody. How many had a blessed Thanksgiving? I know we did, and even in the midst of the uncertainties with COVID, we had some family get together and share a turkey leg or two. Uh, I was especially blessed that our immediate family got together and got to spend time together. And, you know, these days, uh, this is one of the highlights in my life to spend time with my family. Um, you know, I believe that I can speak for my beautiful wife, Gina, and I when I say that it's a highlight to be with my evangel family, our evangel family. So good to be with all of you this morning and, and uh, to get to celebrate mom's birthday today with all of you. And uh, mom, we are so grateful to be here today to celebrate this special day with you. Um, yes, so Thanksgiving is a, is a special and wonderful season of the year, isn't it? It's a time when we, we, when we can not only break bread together, but we can spend time looking back over the year and reflecting on the goodness of God. You know, it's a time to be thankful, but allow me to challenge your thinking today that Thanksgiving is a posture of the heart daily, not just for a day. Thanksgiving is a posture of the heart daily and not just for a day. Hopefully we are all thankful on Thanksgiving, but what about the day after? What about Black Friday? What about Saturday? What about today? Thanksgiving is a posture of the heart daily, not just for a day. St. Peter and, excuse me, St. Paul instructs us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If you ever wanted to know what God's will is for your life, it's to be thankful. Say, be thankful. Do you uh, want to know what God wants you to do with your life? So you were listening. Psalms 107, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Come on, choir, help me. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Yes, he is good. Come on. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Yes, he is worthy. Come on. He is worthy, worthy. For he is good. Yes, he is good. Thank you, choir. Come on. Psalms 107, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. You know, besides this past Thursday, uh, when was the last time that you said thank you to the Lord? Or anyone for that matter. You know, we have so much to be thankful for, but yet a lot of times when, when I ask someone what they're thankful for, you'd think I was asking them for their social security number. Many times our thankfulness is an afterthought instead of a forethought. Luke chapter 17 tells us that Jesus healed 10 lepers, but don't you know that only one came back to say thank you? Now, I believe that there may have been some that said, shoot, I forgot to thank Jesus for what he did, but he knows my heart. He knows that I thank him for it. And I'm sure this has happened to us that after God has delivered us from our Egypt and 
he, we begin to focus on the land made of milk and honey, and we neglect to remember where we came from, where we came from, where we came from. And we forget to say, thank you, God, for delivering me. You don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. Again, the Apostle Paul tells us in Scripture to give thanks for all circumstances and all things, even in suffering, yes, even during COVID. And may I be at risk to say even for COVID. And we are instructed to do everything in the name of Jesus out of a spirit of gratitude. Say gratitude. A heart of gratitude invites God's presence into our lives in our marriage, in our families, in our relationships, and paves the way for God to do great things in us, for us, and through us. Real quick, when I say the word rose, and I'm speaking of the flower, when I speak, speak the word rose, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? All right, beauty, fragrance, that's beautiful, wonderful. Okay, when I, when I say the words Birth of a baby, what comes to your mind? Listen to this. For the rose, Scottish minister George Matheson said, My God, I have never thanked thee for my thorn. I have thanked thee a thousand times for my roses, but never once for my thorn. John 16, 21 tells us about the birth of a baby. When a woman is about to give birth, she is in great pain. But after it is over, she forgets the pain and is, in happy, and is happy because she has brought a child into the world. See, can we be thankful for the thorn? After all, we can't have the rose without the thorn. Can we be thankful for the pregnancy and birth of a baby? After all, without the pregnancy and delivery, there is no baby. Now, after delivery, you have plenty to be thankful for. Have you ever thought about it? Being thankful for the doctor and the, and the nurses and the staff and, and, of course, being thankful to your husband for making it all possible? Well. But see, like you, I've been through a lot in my lifetime. And I wouldn't want to go through it again but if I had to do it all over again, I would have to go through it all over again so that I could reap the knowledge and the know-how and the blessings and the goodness of God, which I now know. Similarly, the Bible tells us of Joseph, Joseph who was thrown into a pit by his brothers and then sold into slavery, falsely accused of rape and thrown into prison before, say before, before he was promoted to second in command in all the land. And he said this to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. You see, we don't just thank the Lord for the sunshine, we also thank him for the rain. Thanksgiving is an active ingredient of our faith. It's, it's not just thanking God for who he is and what he has done for us. We also must be thankful because of what he's going to do. 
Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body we are called to peace, and be thankful. You know, gratitude is a word to express thankfulness and praise and attitude of thanksgiving in both the blessings and the trials. Last year, my wife and I were at the Michigan Made Festival in Canterbury Village, and we saw a sign that said, gratitude is the attitude. Gratitude is the attitude. Billy Graham says, worries flee before a spirit of gratitude. You know, every morning I have an alert that goes off on my phone that says, find 10 things to be thankful for. And then at the end of the night, I get another alert on my phone that says, what were you thankful for today? To always be in a heart of thanksgiving. John Maxwell says, what you focus on expands. So we must be intentional about being thankful because the enemy's out to steal our joy. When we find ourselves in a complacency, we, we, we begin to nitpick at the things that are wrong with our life. I tell you what, go to a third world country just for a little while. And you'll find out how many things to be thankful for. Thanksgiving silences the enemy and restores joy to our hearts, even to those who are being shown thanks. So let me ask you a question today. Who do you need to thank today? Most of you heard that I was in the hospital last month. And by the way, thank you for your prayers. I believe that God heard your prayers. But anyway, on the way out of, my, out of the hospital, I looked down the hallway and I saw this woman doing janitorial work. <clears throat> and the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to go and tell her, thank you for the job that you're doing. <clears throat> so I said, Lord, I just want to get out of here. This is the hospital after all. But I stopped with my hands full of stuff. I turned back, went down the hallway, and I said, thank you for what you do. And you know what? She turned to me and said, thank you so much. You do not know how much I needed to hear that today. Someone needs to hear your thank you today, even if what they're doing doesn't directly affect you. Have you said thank you to the servers at the restaurant? Have you said thank you to your wife for, what, for cooking a meal for you? Have you said thank you to your husband for taking out the trash? Well, that's his job. It doesn't matter if it's his job. Gratitude goes a long way, doesn't it? <clears throat> Are you thankful in the good season, in the bad seasons? Are you thankful for the boat that Pastor Lance was just speaking about? How's your attitude? Are you focused on the negative? Or are you focused on COVID and fear? And I understand that fear and uncertainty is all around us, but let's trust the Lord and develop an attitude of gratitude Remember, Thanksgiving is a posture of the heart daily, not just for a day. God bless you. And thank you, Dr. Cheryl and Dr. Jerry. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, thank God like you mean it. Hallelujah. Well, thanks be to God who causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. And you know, in order to triumph, you must have a fight. You must have a warfare. There is no triumph. There is no victory without a test and without a war. I want to thank God, first of all, for all of you that are here today. 
And then I want to thank God for Dr. Cheryl. You're such a blessing to me. And I guess if you really knew just how much you mean and what you say mean. I remember I was really going through. And when I miss the mark, I'm real hard on myself. I mean, my sin becomes that I'm putting my missing the mark above the grace of God. That's usually my sin. And, and one time I was really struggling with something, and I was meeting with Dr. Shaw, and I was telling her how trauma, traumatized I was because of a failure. And she just simply said, well, you just got to know that that's the area of weakness, and that's all. <laughs> And that word right there, Dr. Sherl, liberated me. It, it lifted the burden. It broke chains. She didn't speak in tongues. She didn't sing a song. Amen. She didn't shake me. That's all she said. And sometimes the simplicity of what you say is just such a blessing. And I thank God for you. So I just want to go ahead and go to the book of Amos, Old Testament there. And the third chapter i'm looking at the time and the third verse says this can two walk together except they be agreed and i want to talk about just briefly the power of agreement well the breaking down some stuff here it just says two the definition two is just twofold or both a couple Double, second, twain, together definition. Uh, It says, uh, can two walk together? Meaning as a unit and in unity alike, all at once and both and likewise. And so the question is, hallelujah, are we able to first of all, because this scripture is talking about walking in agreement with God. And many times the issue is because sometimes we want to know how come what God has promised me is not manifesting it is not coming to pass. And one of the reasons, just a part, could be that we're not in total agreement with what God said. You ever tried to give somebody a prophetic word and God is saying how great things he's going to do with them and how they're going to be rich and how they're going to be blessing others and how he's going to use them because he's chosen them. And on the inside, they're really not in agreement with what God is saying. Their mind begins to think about "Mm, my bank account says zero. Um, I always have been poor. I've always been in poverty. Their mind began to sabotage all the faith of in God's word. And how many times have people said, can you pray for me? I'm talking me. And what I've had to learn is that sometimes I'm praying over here and the people are over here. And so I'm praying for a miracle healing. And they just, this was their faith. This is where their faith is. Well, I just believe God when I go to the doctor, that God is going to use the doctor. And amen. And it's going to be okay. So I've learned. There's not a negative thing. I've learned sometimes before I pray, I'm going to do a little interview. Because when I pray, I mean what I pray. But I can mean it all day. But if you are not in agreement with it, hallelujah, it may not come to pass. So I'll be praying for, oh, can you 
pray. I don't have any money. I want God to pay my bills. I want need money. And I'm praying for a job. They're just like, Lord, I just wish somebody with my inheritance would finally come through. And, and amen, I can get what they said I, that belonged to me. I'm waiting for my SSI and all that. Nothing wrong with none of that. But we're not in agreement. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you right now for giving them favor with employers. And that you would give them grace and give them strength. That you would give them the ability, God, to interview. Give them what to say and when to say. And they're not even thinking, they don't need, I'm not going on an interview. So here's the question in preparation for 2021. There is some things that God has said to you. There are some places that God says he wants you to go. There are some things that God wants you to say. But God says he so wants it to come to pass. But many of us, God says, I need you to come into agreement with what I say about you. How can two walk together except they be agreed together as a unit? Our married couples can probably think about this and say, oh, yeah. Because one of the main strategies of the devil is to sow discord. It's to sow offense. Not just in that relationship, but any relationship where you're in covenant with. It could be a ministry. Hallelujah. And then the word of God here in Matthew, the 18th chapter and the 19th chapter says again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything Whew. maybe agreement can be a challenge so God said I'll settle with the two <laughs> or the three <laughs> if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask it shall be done for them of my father which is in heaven the question again is, and this has to do with gathering. This has to do with coming together. This has to do with the church. This has to, hey, we got to be in agreement if we're going to continue to see the power of God. The definition of this agree is to be harmonious. Do you know, ask Jesus. He had the 12 disciples with him. All the power that he was and all that he is. There was somebody there walking in disagreement. You could be in a church full of folk and we all like look like we all together and we all believe the same thing and we're all on the same page. Amen. So you got one person say we should do it this way and we're doing it and they say I ain't for that way. I'm talking about the leaders. The leaders say we're going to do it this way and they're like we ain't doing that. I, oh, I don't think we should do it. So we just going along with it. We ain't really all in. We're not really in agreement. So it means to be harmonious. It means to come together. It say anything. Do you know what anything, the, the definition of anything? All, any, every, the whole. Uh-huh. All manner. Yeah. Any. Every. That's going to say everything that you ask when you come together in agreement with God first, his word. And agreement one with another. Thing or ask, it says, we're done. It says that when we come together 
To come together means we, 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 we're, we're gathering, we're assembling. And the Bible says it's done. He'll cause it to be, hallelujah, it will become, he will cause it to arise and he will assemble it. It will come to pass. It, it, it's, it's ended. It is a done deal. I've seen how God has been moving here in the house. Sometimes I've watched live stream as Dr. Tom was saying thank you for those that prayed, you know, while I was out recovering from COVID. And so it was just a long time, but I want to thank God I'm here today. And as Dr. Tom says, and Ephesians 3.20 says, give thanks for all things. And there are times we give thanks in it, but then we thank God, hallelujah, for it. For it was in it that I knew and saw how much I was loved and people prayed. So you prayed and God answered your prayer. And I was in agreement. Eventually I became in agreement with your prayers. At first I was trying to figure out how did this happen. But eventually I was in agreement. It's time to be healed. Time to be whole. But I've seen a couple of times on the live stream. But I'm telling you that God is moving, but there's a greater move that's coming. There is an awesome move that's coming here. There is a move that Dr. Jerry and Dr. Cheryl has not seen. For I has not seen, Dr. Cheryl, and neither has ear heard the things that God has prepared for you and for this house. But a large part of it is a people that know how to walk in agreement with God and in agreement with his leadership. Hallelujah. If they're saying that we need to go out and win souls, we ought to be in agreement. That's right. Sign me up. When can I go win some souls in the name of Jesus? If the leaders of the house is saying God is going to do miracles, you say, that's right. God show he is about to do some miracles. You begin to get on your face. You begin to seek God and say, God, I believe that's a word from you. I need to fast. I need to pray. I need to seek God because my leadership that God is going to do signs, wonders, and miracles. Limbs are going to grow out. Well, I ain't never seen that happen before. I'm not sure we can believe God for that. You know, they, they, maybe they can believe God for headaches. God is bigger than a headache. God is bigger than back pain. God is bigger, hallelujah, than healing, diabetes. He's so much bigger. We just put God it's such a small box. And you know what God is saying? Just agree with me that I can do the impossible. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. But how can we walk together in what I'm going to do except we be agreed? Come on. God bless you. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands for one moment and just declare, say, agree. Agree. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this moment. God, in these few moments, God, let us forever be changed as we dig into your word for these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, no matter what. They don't believe you. Say, no matter what. 
Now point to your heart and say, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. What does that mean? No matter what. That's what that means. Let's go to Luke 23 and 46. These were uh, the la one of the last words in Jesus' breath. He said, and Jesus crying out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I remember when I would read this scripture a lot of the times, I would wonder why it would bring me to tears. It would literally bring me to a place where I would fall to my knees. And I'd be like, well, you, you ever had a moment like that in God where you were spending time in God's word? Not worship. You were reading his word. You're not, you ain't had no music on. <laughs> you didn't have your holy music on. The angels were, you know, ascending and descending. You were just reading the word of God and then you read to get to a scripture and you read it and you just, and you just fall to your face. And I said, Lord, and as I was, and as he told me to bring this this morning, I said, God, why does that bring me to my knees? Why does that do that? And what God was showing me was that the word commit, the, the only meaning that comes out of it, it means to carry out. When you commit to something, you are committing to carrying it out, which means you don't stop until it's over. Until whatever it is that God has called you to do, you have to carry it out. When he committed himself, he carried it out. He carried out your sins. He carried out everything that you would do. But he, you didn't even know that you were going to do. Every sin that you would commit, every, with your disobedient self, which you're not obeying God, he knew. He knew that you were going to do it anyhow, but he still decided to carry out through all the beating and all the turmoil, everything, people spitting on him, people beating on him, and his flesh was taken from his body. But he said, into your hands I commit that even in this moment where I'm strapped to this cross, I'm strapped to this cross, I'm bleeding from my head down to my toes, but still I'll carry out exactly what you call me to do. I need you to think to yourself, how do I have that type of mentality? There's only one way that you have to do it, is to commit. You have to have a no matter what attitude. That's what I love about Jesus. It, it wasn't because of anything else, it's because he had the audacity and the resilience to commit to what the Father had told him to do. What's so hard in this life is to commit. When it comes to a diet, I'd be like, God, help me. <sighs> and most of y'all know I like to eat. Chicken, not a shy. Don't get me started preaching about that today. But we have to learn how to commit, even in those moments of our diet. God has told some of us to go on diets. We went to the doctor, and God has told us some things to do. I know it. I'm telling you. I know he's told us to. He's told us to do certain things. Even for the coming year, God has told you to do some things. You have to commit to it. You have to commit to it. Looking at myself, I had to have a no matter what attitude. You know, when I was a kid, they told me I needed Ritalin. They told my mother to put me on Ritalin. They told her, they said, he have, he's having issues. He, I couldn't read. I couldn't read. I was acting a fool in school. Hitting people, harassing people. Through all of that, I had to make a decision. 
at the age of 15 when I really got saved. You know, how to, you know that moment when you really get saved? When I really chose to commit, that was the moment where I had to really make a decision to commit to God. That no matter what it was, no matter what I was going through, all of my sin, all of my failures, all of my downfalls, people, people look at me nowadays and they can't even believe what I used to be. And I tell them what I, where I was and they say, Eric, well, no, there's no way in the world you were doing that stuff. It's impossible. I say, yeah, that's because I've made a decision. That no matter rain, sleet, or snow, God, I'll serve you. God, I'll love you. God, I'll worship you. God, I'll lift my hands even when I don't feel like it. Sometimes your hands become heavy because your heart is heavy. And you can't lift your hands, but you have to commit. And as we honor the woman of God today, all I can think of is the fact of how just how resilient she is. That she has developed a mentality that said no matter what. She told God, I can see you in your private time. Just, no matter what, God, I'll do your will. She comes even when she don't feel like it. She came when the man of God's body was afflicted. You know how hard that is? But she was committed. So you've got to have that no matter what, even stemming from our leaders, it will show you that the perfect demonstration of commitment. It means we have to carry this thing out. This coming new year, you have to develop that mentality. No matter what's going on around you, no matter what's going on, I'm telling you, and things are going to get worse. Okay? I'm telling you this prophetically. Things are going to get worse in America. But the people of God, the, the world is going to look for the people of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for you. The world is looking for you. And, you, and when they come to you, you have to have that mentality. You have to, have that, you have to know because they're going to come with all their isms and schism and try to change you, try to convert you, transform you into something you don't belong to be. They're going to try their hardest, but you have to be committed. So in this season, I encourage you, Lord, help me to commit. And I got to have a no matter what attitude, God, no matter what's going on around me, I have to say that no matter what's going on, you, you have to confess that to yourself because sometimes it's tiring doing this thing. Oh, it's tiring. It's exhausting. Come on, people of God. It's tiresome sometimes. I always tell people, I don't, I don't oh, I just love living for Jesus. I do, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you it's always good either. <laughs> it's not always easy. Oh, it's just marshmallows and Jolly Ranchers just living for God. No, it's not. Not all the time. Sometimes it's war. It's war sometimes. And you've got to have that same, same posture in your heart, just like our Savior did. So as we close, just lift your hands and just say, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you. How many were blessed by those words? How many know that God likes to share birthday gifts 
with his entire family. Amen? <clears throat> you know, we could uh, bless Dr. Cheryl in, in many, many ways this morning. But the greatest gift anybody could give her is a gift we can give to our Heavenly Father. And that is salvation. Amen? So I'd like you all to bow your heads and close your eyes and just repeat after me. Okay? Father, I come before you knowing I'm not perfect, but knowing that you are. Jesus, I thank you for dying for me, that I may have eternal life. I thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins and making me fresh and anew in your sight. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life to make me new, to make me born again, to fill me with your presence that I may have eternal life. And Father, I thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Everybody said? Amen. If you've prayed that for the very first time, please come and uh, talk to us. I have some special gifts for you. I'd like to just take a couple minutes and just pray for a couple people. So just let's go into our heavenly language here. Father, I thank you for our family. I thank you, Lord, for evangel. I thank you, Lord, that they, for the gift that it is to our bishops. I thank you, Lord, that each person here is special in their sight, is precious in their sight. And so, Father, we thank you that as a family we can gather together uh, to bless Dr. Cheryl and to bless you upon her special day. Father, thank you for bringing her new life, giving her birth this day, Father. We give you thanks and praise. Father, we hold up the EACM to you. We thank you, Lord, that your hand continues to rest upon it. That, Father, you continue to grow the EACM. That, Father, you continue to meet every need of every ministry, every individual. And, Father, we especially hold up uh, Apostle Larry Fannin. We thank you, Father, that your hand is upon him. The Father, your hand is never too short. The Father, your great desire is to heal and to bring freedom. And so, Father, we speak that which is in your word, the stripes of Jesus upon him. We thank you, Lord, that your ultimate goal is to bring him healing and freedom. And we speak that into his body. We speak that into his mind. We speak that into his heart. Father, we ask that you would do that only you can do, and that is raise us up off of our sickbed. Raise him up, Father, even off of a, uh, a deathbed, Father. And we speak life into him. We speak the Zoe life of God into him. So, Father, we thank you for blessing, blessing your name by healing your son. And everybody said, amen. So, I would like to take up a special offering for Dr. Cheryl. Um, I could tell you lots of things that she likes. But, uh... Let's just keep it to an offering for now. So if you'd like to give into this offering, there's envelopes in the back. There's uh, envelopes that you can give by cash or check. There's envelopes that you can give by credit card. If you would like to donate through uh, in your online, there's the Donate Now button. So if you'd like to prepare your offerings, I'm going to share something with you. would be my gift 
to Dr. Cheryl because I love jokes. So ready, Dr. Cheryl? <laughs> Did you hear about the tree's birthday? It was a sappy one. <laughs> Dr. Cheryl, age is a relative thing because all your relatives will keep reminding you of how old you are. What did the elephant want for his birthday? A trunk full of gifts. When is a birthday cake like a golf ball? When you slice it. And the final one here, why did the birthday cake visit the psychologist? Because it was feeling crummy. So with that, if you would like to bring up your offerings, there's two baskets here. Uh, please respect social, uh, social distancing, but be sure to say happy birthday to Dr. Cheryl as you're going past. And as we close up, there are refreshments out to the, to the right. There's coffee, there's cake, there's things to celebrate. So let's do that as a, as a family. Celebrate Dr. Cheryl's birthday, and let's just sing one more time. Pastor Eric, if you don't mind, can you lead us? Lead us in a happy birthday for Dr. Cheryl, and then I'll give you the I'm just playing. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Dr. Cheryl. Happy birthday to you, hallelujah. You are dismissed. Have a great day and come on back tonight.